Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Oh, it'll be easy, Gavin. You just go around to busy intersections and you just put these tiles in them. It'll be great advertising for the show. It's not vandalism, it's art. You're not going to get deported, you big baby. Ass. The following podcast contains... You cannot say filth, flying filth, flying filth in front of people. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When your idea to resurrect the dead involved putting them on Jupiter, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 306, dropped from Jupiter the Tale of the Toyn B. Tiles edition of the show, where we get this crazy idea that we could resurrect the dead by putting some weird-ass tiles on random street corners around the world. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the crazy guy on your block who wants you to know, I probably won't kill you. Every neighborhood has at least one house with the curtains drawn and no one has ever seen coming or going, and that's me, the crazy guy on your block. What am I doing in there? Why are the curtains closed? Why do you never see me? I'll never tell, but you probably don't need to worry. I'm just doing what I do. Be that researcher or resurrection machine on Jupiter or hoarding possums. Either way, you'll probably be fine. The crazy guy on your block, just leave me alone, stay off my lawn, and I probably won't kill you. They are mysterious markers with bizarre messages. Artists or pranksters have been sticking these plaques on roadways in other places around the globe for years now. Toy and the idea in Kubrick's 2001. Resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. I have no idea what it means. Maybe it's a message from space. The plaques were first sighted in the early 1980s. There are 130 known plaques, most in the U.S. Philadelphia, Baltimore, New York, Washington, D.C., Chicago, St. Louis. Plus, they have been spotted in South America. City officials we contacted were not aware of their existence. It's anybody's guess what the meaning really is or who's behind it. So who is placing these tiles all over Philadelphia and all over the world for that matter? It's like a scene from the Twilight Zone. I've never seen one. For a hot minute in the early 2000s, it looked like my life was going places. I found myself attending a prestigious university in Washington, D.C. I was doing well in my classes, making new friends, and it looked like my life was heading for the stars. And then you just fucked it up. Well, let's just say I shot for the stars and missed by rather a lot. In fact, my rocket exploded on the ground, and that way I guess I'm a lot like Elon Musk. In the ashes of my life, I had rather a lot of time to wander around the streets of our nation's capital, taking in the sights, experiencing the thrill of democracy, and basking in the aura of the George W. Bush administration. You went to a bar? Yeah, okay, that's pretty much all I did. And as one day I'm trudging to a bar, I never drove to a bar because drinking and driving is wrong, and also my car had been repossessed. I was staring at the ground because when you're going to a dive bar in the middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday after you've dropped out of college and your car has got repossessed, you're going to stare at the ground a lot. As across the street somewhere in the DuPont Circle neighborhood, I saw something embedded in the road. Your hopes and dreams. 
No, <laughs> I'd already pawned those for liquor money. It was some kind of strange tile with words written on it. Curious, I stopped to read this odd sign, thinking maybe it would inspire me to get my life back together. In fact, it read, Toy and Be Idea, in Kubrick's 2001, Resurrect Dead, on planet Jupiter. Did they uh, help you at all? They, uh, those words, did not. In fact, somehow, they made me even more depressed. And over the next few months, as I wandered from bar to bar, I'd see these signs all over D.C. with the same message, same style, and each time I saw one, I thought what most people thought of them. I think, what the fuck is that shit about? And then I went on with my day. Now, over a decade later, one day I'm leaving my new, cushy, well-paying job in New York City, not longer after I'd started it, and my darkest days seemed to be behind me and my life was finally starting to get back together. And standing on the intersection of 47th and Park, I look down at my feet briefly and what do I see but the weathered remains of Toy and Bee Idea. And I thought to myself, what the fuck is that shit about? And then went to catch my train home. I didn't think about them again until recently when I remember the tiles and I needed a show topic. Wow, that's profound. Look, not every story is going to be life-changing, okay? Especially not in my case. But you know what? These, cha- these tiles, they've changed some people's lives right here on Earth. No word about what the resurrected dead on Jupiter feel about them. And I think this might be a great time to do a show about them because the original tiles are disappearing quickly from the world and copycat imitators and spoofers are just pale comparisons of the original. And with a story like this, you have to begin with the obvious question from most people. What the hell are you talking about? A Toy and Bee tile, for those of you who've never seen one or read about them on the internet, is according to the website dedicated to them, resurrectdead.com, quote, the average Toy and Bee tile is a license plate sized piece of art lodged in a busy intersection in the business district of a major U.S. city. However, reported tiles range in size from a few square inches to several square feet and show up in a diverse range of locations. Apparently, an attempt to make a radical idea public, most tile messages read, quote, Toy and B to Toy and B idea in Kubrick's 2001, Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter, unquote, in a distinct style that artistically resembles stained glass. In addition to these four mostly unvaried lines, tiles have been known to contain additional messages that delve deep into paranoia and ambiguity, unquote. The first tiles were confirmed somewhere in the mid-1980s, but there are unsubstantiated claims of tiles going all the way back to the 1970s. The original tiles, again from Resurrect.com, quote, The original tiles have been spotted in Philadelphia, believed to be their origin, New York City, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Kansas City, Detroit, St. Louis, Chicago, and several other smaller U.S. cities. Additionally, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Santiago, Chile, and Buenos Aires, Argentina, all have been tiled. Tiles have also appeared on major U.S. highways, as well as outside the Holland Tunnel in New York City, unquote. The tiles themselves are a clever construction. They're a piece of linoleum, you know, linoleum, the plastic floor covering in a rental apartment that hides the original hardwood floors for some unknown reason. The individual letters of the message are cut out of more linoleum in a careful, idiosyncratic style and are carefully aligned on the larger piece and then set in place with an adhesive. Then the entire back of the linoleum tile is coated with a substance used to seal cracks in asphalt that over time makes the tile effectively become part of the street clever 
The identity of the person or persons who placed the tiles is officially unknown, but a 2011 documentary by filmmaker John Foy, Resurrect Dev, The Mystery of the Toynbee Tiles, is widely credited with discovering the original creator, and much of the background research for this podcast comes from that movie. It's available out there on the internet, and I'm going to link to it for you in the show notes. Now, we have some idea of what they are. We come back to the original question of what the fuck they are talking about, and that's where things are still <laughs> confusing. There are several theories, but since their creator or anyone who their creator has ever told them about refused to speak, we're left to speculate, and you know that this podcast loves to speculate. In the absence of fact, rampant speculation is just as good as the facts themselves. No, no, it isn't. First of all, what is a Toynbee? At first, you know, I think like most of you thought, it's a children's cereal mascot. Honey Nut Cheerios blends real honey with crunch nuts. You say honey and nuts. Honey and nuts. Honey and nuts. Gee. It's Honey Nut Cheerios. And that that mascot, he was implanting some kind of crazy messages in people's heads. Of course he was a he. Not one cereal mascot is a girl. But, you know, this probably isn't the case. It's just some things I like to think might be the case. The leading contender for who or what a Toynbee is is a British historian named Arnold J. Toynbee, a philosopher of history and author of numerous books and research professor of international history at the London School of Economics in King's College, London. And why do people think of that Arnold is the genesis of the Tyler's idea? Well, first of all, his name is Toynbee. I mean, that right there is a pretty strong hint. And second of all, Toynbee's philosophy and writings are highly influential among the kind of people who think about international affairs, the flow of history, the interrelations of humanity, and of course, religion. I didn't personally read any of it because this show is on a week turnaround and I would need a couple of years in college to even crack the door on this. And as I said at the beginning of the show, that didn't work out too well for me the first time. Among Toy and B heads, though, they think is because of a specific passage from a Toy and B book called Experiences, reading, quote, Someone who accepts, as I myself do, taking it on trust, the, the present-day scientific account of the universe may find it impossible to believe that a living creature once dead could come to life again. But if he did entertain this belief, he would be thinking more scientifically if he thought of, in Christian terms of a psychosomatic resurrection than if he thought of the shamanistic terms of a disembodied spirit, unquote. What does that even mean? Fucked if I know, but from what I gather, it implies that Toynbee is talking about the resurrection of the mind rather than the body, the uh, memories and life experiences of the person rather than the physical body of said person. It's rather like the idea of the singularity proposed by Ray Kurzweil, where a human consciousness will exist forever in some giant supercomputer, presumably in this case located on Jupiter. Another possible explanation comes from a Ray Bradbury story called The Toynbee Collector, which I I also didn't read, but alludes to humanity rushing to the future and embracing technology in order to survive and expand in the universe and always must be striving for the next breakthrough. There's also an Arthur C. Clarke short story about colonizing Jupiter on board a ship named for Toy and B. Perhaps my favorite theory is how the playwright David Mamet, who asserts that the tiles are about his play, 4 a.m., published in 1985. 
a little presumptuous. Well, that's David Mamet in the nutshell for you. Quoting from Wikipedia, quote, In his 1983 work, 4 a.m., a radio host based on Larry King impatiently listens to a caller who contends that the movie 2001, based on the writings of Arnold Toynbee, speaks of a plan to reconstitute life on Jupiter. The radio show host quickly points out the factual errors in the caller's assertions and the logical fallacies of his plan, unquote. But even better than this wildly egotistical belief by Mammoth. The producers of the documentary uncovered information that that directly indicate that Mammoth actually got the idea for his play from the Toy and B. Tyler, which Mammoth, of course, denies. In a call to the real Larry King's radio show in the 1980s... And now, Network Radio's number one interviewer... Larry King. Thank you, Fred Larry, and good evening, everybody. On this Friday night, Saturday morning, across America, this is the Larry King Show, coast to coast on Mutual, our very special guest tonight. Was none other than a caller who called up Larry to talk to him about, yes, resurrecting the dead on Jupiter. The producers also found an article from 1983 discussing a caller to radio shows and writing into newspapers about, you guess, resurrecting the dead on Jupiter. Oh, yes, friends. Mamet heard the call and wrote the play. And then years later, turned around and claimed that the guy planting the tiles was inspired by his play. What a prick. (laughs) Oh, man, I should have been a playwright. It would suit my ego perfectly. Now... There are other messages on the tiles ascribed to the same creator. And this is where our story takes a bit of a turn. Things are about to get real dark real quick. Quoting from the so-called manifesto tile, a much, much larger toy and beat tile, quote, John Knight, owner of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Hellion Jew, has hated this movement for years. Takes money from mafia to make the mafia look good in his newspaper. So he has the mafia in his pocket. John Knight sent the mafia to murder me in 1991. The next bit is unreadable, but it likely reads something about killing every journalist based on some other tiles, then going back to the readable text, then gloated to my face about death and Knight Ritter's great power to destroy. In face, John Knight went into hellion binge of joy over Knight Ritter's great power to destroy. I secured house with blast doors and fled country in June 1991. NBC attorneys, journalists, and security officials, fraudulently the Freedom of Nations Act, all order of the NBC executives got the U.S. Federal District Attorney's Office to get, got the FBI to Interpol to establish task force that located me in Dover, England. When back home, Inquirer got union goons from our own employees' union to send down a sports journalist with a baseball bat, bat bash lights and windows of neighborhood as well as men outside my house they stationed there still waiting for me nbc cbs group w westinghouse time time warner fox universal all of the cult of the hellion each were much worse than knight ritter ever was mostly hellion jews when kwi and nbc executives told john knight the whole coven gloated in joyous fits on their soviet pals found their way to turn in info Uh, okay. Well, that was really something. There were many other tiles with equally dark messages referencing Hellion Jews, the Soviets, and imploring the reader to murder journalists scattered all over the country. 
And when I read all of this together, I'm beginning to wonder if the Tyler was just a guy who was off-Broadway play, got a really terrible review, and he snapped. I mean, the ranting against the networks alone sounds like someone who's been shopping their scripts and finally just experienced the mental breakdown all Hollywood types inevitably experience. And also, it sounds like if the guy's around today, he's probably really into QAnon. As fascinating as the Tyler himself is the influence of the tiles on the people who've seen them over the years. Throughout the 90s, various local newspapers would run stories on the mysterious of tiles' appearance in their cities, and Philadelphia, the epicenter of the tiles, has long been mildly obsessed with their cryptic messages and unknown creator. All jokes aside, when I first spotted these tiles back in Washington, D.C., I was briefly big into digging around the internet trying to come up with some information on them, and it led me to Toy and Be Not Debt, where early web sleuth puzzled over them. But I lacked the time and resources to really dig in, but others, particularly a guy named Justin Dewar, an artist and musician out of Philly, did have the time. And Justin is featured heavily in the documentary at the center of this episode, and honestly, is just one step shy of the Tyler in his obsession with the tiles. However, that obsession translated into what is almost certainly the answer to this mystery. Who is the Toy and Me tile creator? What is their deal? How did they do it, and are they still around? Together with other Toy and Bee heads, they set out to figure this out and make a movie about them figuring this out. And this pod, friends, is what they discovered. (laughs) One of these days I'm going to get tired of playing that drop. Today is not that day. Quoting from Wikipedia, quote, in 1983, a man identifying himself as a social worker named James Marasco contacted talk shows and newspapers with his theory of colonizing Jupiter with the dead inhabitants of Earth, claiming to have come across the idea while reading a book by historian Arnold J. Toynbee. In a conversation with the Philadelphia Inquirer, Marasco discussed how Toynbee's book contained a theory on bringing dead molecules back to life and that this was later depicted in the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. The caller had founded what the Inquirer called a Jupiter colonization organization known as the Minority Association, unquote. Years later, a reporter out of Kansas City, Missouri, began chasing the story after spotting the tiles there and tracked down the only James Marasco in Philadelphia, only to discover that he was quite dead. No word on whether or not he was resurrected on Jupiter. His wife, however, was quite insistent that her husband barely knew that Jupiter existed and certainly wasn't going around the countries in his 70s laying tiles in streets. This seemed to close the book on Marasco being the Tyler. Badur and others were already way beyond Marasco and closed in on, on who they thought was behind the whole thing. They knew where he lived, and all around his neighborhood there were small test tiles with just a few letters and numbers embedded into the streets. They spoke to neighbors, who told them that their guy was a bit of an odd bird, very into birds, a recluse, and definitely strange. And to further their suspicions, neighbors told of strange messages over the radio and televisions they would hear from time to time with the same messaging as the Toynbee tiles. And as they tracked down more and more information, the more and more they came to believe that a Philadelphia man by the name of Severino Sevi Verna was in fact the creators of the Toynbee tiles. From 2017 article in a Believer magazine, quote, The researchers' primary lead, a Philadelphia address listed in the side text of a tile found in Chile, took them to a block of row houses in Philly. They were confident that the tiler was acting alone. I'm only one man, he had written in the side text of one tile. And Nables told them that Severino Sevi Verna was a reclusive man who was 
partial to late night excursions. The passenger side of his car didn't have a floorboard, one remarked. Fragments of linoleum tile, scatterings of words and letters dotted the streets of Vernus neighborhood, a proving ground, they thought, for the concept that would eventually become the Toy and B tiles. It all clicked in their minds, and they suspected that Verna, calling himself Marasco, had attempted to reach out to the press throughout the 1980s, but was swiftly rebuffed. He gave voice to his frustrations in the margins of his tiles, one of which extorted the public to kill all journalists, I beg you. Left to his own devices, Verna drove up and down his street with an outsized antenna attached to the roof of his car, whose passenger side floorboard was missing, neighbors would later confirm. According to Resurrect Dead, he would then broadcast his message via shortwave radio signal as he drove past a house, any television sets inside would briefly flicker and broadcast his words, much to the consternation of their owners, unquote. All attempts to contact Sevi Verna have met with silence. He is by all accounts still alive, and new tiles have even been spotted in the wild as recently as 2017, but Verna refuses all contact with the world, living behind closed doors and drawn curtains in a small home in Philadelphia. The evidence for him being the Tyler is strong, but not conclusive, but most agree with the consensus of the documentary producers that Sevi, the Birdman Verna, as his neighbors know him, is very much the Toy and B Tyler. Okay, then we're done here. Well, almost done, but not quite. There are, of course, the copycats. One particularly busy tiler is called the House of Hades, who create and leave tiles in the style of the Toy and Tilers with angry med- messages about journalism. And I've spotted many of them on the streets of New York City where they work. There are the smaller artists using the technique and style with their own messages, but none of them really meet the jo- joie de vivre of the Toy and Tiles. But you know what? Out there, there is one guy, one fella, a proud resident of the city of brotherly love who I think really captures the spirit, the lawn of the Toyin B. Tyler. Abba, this is to inform you that all the food ate since first grade is alive in your body, especially the dead animal remains or meat since it was cooked alive and is alive in your body. Anywhere it goes now, you must go with it. That's 365 days a year from first grade to now. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Also, newborn baby received your first grade body or a meal, just like the 365 days a year. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. The only way I see for you to save yourself from the every which a way of being burned alive that's scheduled is to become a solid steel statue by place yourself under anesthesia and mixing your body with melted metal then re-solidifying the metal or seal yourself in cement when it becomes real to you you can type it up and have a lot of copies made then pass them out and post them up what is needed is a steel furnace where metal can be melted and the bodies of people and animals mixed with the metal to become steel unable to be hurt. Of course, you'll be sedated first. There will be a meeting on April 27, 2019, 12 o'clock in the afternoon on the subject of building a steel furnace at 27th and Gerard Avenue on the vacant lot. What we need is a bulldozer to dig some ditches and steal furnace equipment. Do attend. 
photocopies of this delightful message appeared in mailboxes in Philly neighborhoods in early 2019. And do you guys know what Philly did? We attended. You goddamn right they did. Philly came out for the furnace party and... So did Abba, the mysterious letter writer. From the Philly Voice in 2019, quote, Milton Jackson is a 64-year-old man and has lived in brewery town for many years, some of them as a homeless man. He is the reason why hundreds of people descended upon a vacant lot in brewery town on Saturday afternoon for the mysterious furnace party, unquote. Philadelphia, and honest to God, a lot of people from around Philly because of the internet, showed up at the furnace party at the time and place where Milton asked, and they gave love to Milton like only Philadelphia can. Seriously, they were fucking thrilled to meet this guy, and it was awesome. Now, look, I'm not saying Milton Jackson is the Toy and B. Tyler or in any way related to the Toy and B. Tiles. What I am saying is, well, Philly is fucking weird, and I love them for it. And maybe... Maybe if Philly threw a party like the furnace party for Seve, no, it would just scare the shit out of him and he wouldn't go. But if he did go, he could come and accept the love of Philadelphia and the world for bringing his strangeness into our lives and maybe get over these crazy ideas about the Jews and journalists he has. You give the man a hot dog, you fucking tell him you love his tiles, and everything turns out great. All right, I know this is never going to happen, but a man like me has very small dreams, and this is one of them. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. I kind of feel like I haven't done justice to the stories. Toynbee Tiles are so full of details and mysteries that I just glossed over them. And I pondered on doing a double episode, but then I realized that all I would be doing is just ripping off this documentary because it is the definitive work on the issue and... So seriously, if you're all at all interested in the Toynbee Tiles, check out the movie Resurrect Dead, The Mystery of the Toynbee Tiles. There is a link in our show notes. Also, we are super busy in Podland this week. I am on Seltzer King Going Dark, where Jeremy and I, Jeremy and I talk about UFOs and UAPs and all that sort of fun stuff, and we'll cross-post that's on our feed, so you can check that out. And check out all the shows on SeltzerKings.com. You might find a show you like more this than this one, and I understand. Speaking of finding a show you like more than this one, rate and review this show so other people can find this show and maybe like us better, which isn't very likely and we don't expect it. Follow us on the social underscore podcast on Twitter and the show name on Facebook, and you can kick us a buck or two on patreon.com slash what the hell podcast. Help keep the lights on and support some really great shows we have coming up. All of our shows are at whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Dave, if I'm resurrected, I want it to be in your anus. Bledsoe, producer, I refuse to dignify that infantile joke with a response. Gavin, and all the fictional tile layers on this show, we want to say, if you do have drops of Jupiter in your hair, you really need to wash that because it's got a lot of ammonia, sulfur, and methane in it, and it's going to make you smell like a fart. We'll see you all next week. Turn of a steel on the moon. She lenses like spring and she talks like June. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. You tell
What the hell were you thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions? The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.